On this week's episode of There Will Be Crossbows, John swims in the oasis, but it's all a mirage. James mummifies a cat, and Peta is not happy. And they both attempt to solve the riddle of the Sphinx, but lose interest after several long minutes. All this and more on this week's episode of There Will Be Crossbows, the long-distance improvised podcast. And the beastly horn approached the castle gates as a ruinous multitude of malice, but the king was prepared. For the blue wizard had warned him. There will be danger, and there will be crossbows. Welcome to another fantastic episode of There Will Be Crossbows. It's the improvised long distance podcast. I'm John, I'm one of your hosts, and today we have a theme 2,500 years in the making. The theme Papyrus. We have a great show and a very special guest for you later on the lovely Tim Burns. That's right, the Tim Burns. Stay tuned, and I will talk to you again at the end of the show. Let's connect with James real fast. James, guess who? Martha. Martha Washington. Who's Martha Washington? Are you doing a podcast with Martha Washington? I was just being silly, John. I knew it was you the whole time. Oh, thank goodness. I mean, I'm not trying to be vain or anything, but I think my voice is fairly distinctive. I actually did call you for an actual reason. What's on your mind? I know that you have a lot of uh, experience building things. And uh, I was building a pyramid out in my backyard, and I'm having a little trouble getting it to, I don't know, stay up. Yeah, no problem. I can help for sure. See, the main problem is each one of these bricks weighs like a ton, and I'm having a hard time moving it. Right, yep. Uh, I don't believe in slavery, James, so you can just take that idea right out the window. Okay, well, that is going to complicate things. Because traditionally, slaves are the way to move heavy slabs of stone when building a pyramid. I understand you don't condone that. I don't condone it either. But if you're going to build a pyramid, eh, I don't know. Sometimes you got to fudge the ethics a little bit. Maybe you could get some interns. I was just going to say interns. Exactly. They're a dime a dozen these days. And even less than that. You don't even have to spend a dime. So create a listing. If you could just call it an architectural internship. You'll have seven, you know, strapping young people show up at your doorstep tomorrow morning ready to build that sucker. I should put in the listing, no scrawny asses allowed. Yeah, I mean, don't say asses in the listing. They'll think you're unprofessional, but yeah, maybe no scrawny butts. No scrawny booties. No teeny tiny cans. Yeah, I use interns for just about everything. Um, When I realized how cheap they were, I've just been kind of making fake listings for anything I need to get done. I don't actually go to my job anymore. I just send interns every day. I don't do my own cooking. I have a um, a chef intern. That's a fantastic idea. I don't know why I haven't thought of this before. How do you think any corporation does anything anymore? It's all on the back of interns. Unpaid labor. If you think about it, Amazon is basically a metaphorical pyramid. When you think about it, there is no practical difference between me and Jeff Bezos. Well, your pyramid is a lot smaller. At the moment. 
at the moment it's a giant pile of rocks but in the sense that you are on top of your own world yeah you're basically bezos so i know that the actual pyramids did this and i know that jeff bezos does this with amazon but once the product is complete do you just seal up the interns inside and let them die i just don't know it feels kind of cruel right i mean you're dangling the promise of a future blossoming career to these strapping young people it seems mean to kind of kill them when the job's done huh well i wouldn't be doing the killing though i would just be i don't know preventing them from exiting yeah i don't buy that that's the same logic as guns don't kill people people kill people i mean if you drop a air conditioner out of a window and kill an old lady on the street uh it wasn't the air conditioner's fault necessarily was it so you're saying I should drop air conditioners on my interns? It wasn't exactly what I was saying, but it is better than shutting them in a pyramid. I misunderstood. You're saying that my interns should be old ladies. I'm just worried about the strength of their booties at that point. Do you think that building a pyramid is the wave of the future? There's a lot of things I describe as the wave of the future. I definitely think building pyramids qualifies. Also computers. Computers are the wave of the future. Waving. I think waving at people is the wave of the future. It's replacing handshakes. I don't think I've ever stopped to think about what it means to be the wave of the future. Does that mean you are creating momentum of what the future will be like a wave? I believe that is exactly what that phrase means. Yes. You need to change your name to Webster because you are defining things. You know, Webster was just a guy who wrote a book. He got tired of everybody spelling things wrong. So he was like, fuck it. I'm going to write my own. Oh, he didn't write his own. He got his interns to do it for him. He built that first dictionary on the back of a bunch of interns, and then he sealed them into the factory and burned it down. So really, what you're saying is the wave of the future is the same wave that we've been riding for hundreds and thousands of years, and that is exploiting the people that are under you. Exactly. Because what is the future except the past, but not then, but now, but not now, but ahead of now? I'm defining things again. Well, I, I mean, maybe we'll have to change your first name to Merriam. True, true story. Merriam was not actually Webster's first name. It was his favorite intern. God rest her soul. He dropped an air conditioner on her after she finished the cues. John, what's the pyramid for? Well, I just thought that in the future, I would like people to remember who I am. I hope that you're going to, you know, write your name all over it. Yeah, see, I think that is where modern technology can come in handy i can laser engrave my own name and face on the side of this pyramid go one step farther have your interns make kind of a sphinx type thing except you know body of like a, a cat and then head of you and flank your pyramid with two john sphinxes that's the way to go oh my gosh i just had a brainstorm they have to do all of this work from inside the pyramid. Whoa, it's like an escape room, except totally fucked. It's like the best kind of escape room. It's the kind of escape room where escape is impossible. I'll take your word for it. I just send my interns to escape rooms every time my friends invite me. They go do them for me. But the pyramids in Egypt all were built as tombs. Are you gonna bury yourself in your own pyramid in your own backyard? When this physical body I have wears out in like 100, 175 years, we can go ahead and dump that in there with the, you know, ashy remains of my interns. I don't have a problem with that. After the interns are long gone, just, you know, 
add your corpse to it too. I'm just assuming I'm going to be the one taking care of you after you you pass um, as your next of kin. You can just you can just dump my corpse into the the body hole that I'll leave. The body hole seems like that's going to be an escape route for your interns. Though. Oh no, because it will have it'll have one way spikes to prevent escape. So like the spikes will be facing down. So if they try to climb up, they will impale themselves. Man, it is goddamn incredible how many of life's problems can be solved with one-way spikes. One-way spikes, the wave of the future, John. Uh, all right, so we got um, 23 minutes to get out of here before the, uh, the you know, serial killer kills us all. <laughs> God, these escape room plots are so fucking thick. Um, I guess looking for letters on the wall and shit like that. I don't know. I say we take our chances. Say what? Let's just let the time run out. And when the serial killer comes in, we jump him. Yeah, you got a point. You know, I'm looking at all these like, little silly puzzles and slips of paper all over the room. And I'm just like, God, who's got time for this? And I brought my keys in here. And if I put them between my fingers, they kind of make a makeshift, you know, punchy thing. These shelves look pretty sturdy. I bet I could climb up on them. And when the killer comes in the door, I get him from above. Wait a second. I think they're listening to us. Oh, God, the, the door's opening. Wait, wait, guys, stop. I'm just an intern. Stop. Please don't hurt me. I just heard you guys talking through the one-way mirror, and I had to come in. You, get him! Christ, Rick, you just, just killed that intern. I got his face! You went from zero to face-ripping within seconds. That was kind of extreme, man. He's probably not dead yet. He is incapacitated. He didn't murder us, did he? Uh, guys, I'm the other intern here, but I am not approaching until we make an agreement that you will not murder me. Come on, Joey, the door's open. Oh, God, no, not me, not me too. Ah! And Rick's just going on a rampage now. The exterior door is open too out here. All we have to do is walk out of it. Let me get this guy's face first. Do, 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 I'm an intern. presenting the gods of Egypt. Yes, my name is Set. You've heard of me, I bet. The Egyptian god of war, yeah, I'm kind of a threat. Also the god of chaos and the god of storms. I may fuck it up your family into multiple art forms. Instigator of confusion, destroyer of order. I jump from good and evil like I got a disorder. Oh yes, don't forget the name is Set. What's up, all? You can call me Osiris. If you need to take notes, you can use my papyrus. Lord of the underworld, ruler of the dead. All these other mofos jelly that I got a human head. I got murdered by Set, but I don't hold a grudge. Because when you get to the underworld, guess who's the judge? It's me. I'll be waiting. My name is Hephaestus, I'm the god of the forge. The OG motherfucking god of the forge. Don't let them play me down, I'm a real big deal. Cause I meant the shield for you to wield on the battlefield. Need a sword? I can make it. Have some clay? I can bake it. Let these other bitches come at me, cause I can take it. Hephaestus, god of the forge. Uh, this is awkward. Should somebody tell him he's... Shh, just let him do his thing. He does this every time. He's not one of us. Don't be a dick. Just let him hang out. 
What's up, Hephaestus? Come to throw down. My name is Geb, god of earth and the ground. My mother is Tefnit, my father is Shu. You got the third divine pharaoh here, come and it's you. You see Osiris and Set, they're my kids, and get this, you're about to hear from their sister, Isis. Go ahead, darling. The stage is yours. Did somebody call for Isis? Before we get to that, Hephaestus is back. Gonna forge another verse and get all blacksmith on your ass. I may be deformed, still married Aphrodite. I live on Olympus, so I'm high and fucking mighty. He always does this. We gotta talk no, to him. No, we just... He'll get tired soon and leave. He just wants to show off. It's annoying. It's not always about him. Yeah, I agree. He needs to be banned. Okay, now can I go? My name is Isis, yo. Goddess of fertility and magic, you know. I married my brother, and when a crab ate his penis, I made a new one out of gold, because I'm sort of a genius. That actually happened. You can look it up. That's nothing. I could make a penis in my forge, and it would last to Festus. Yeah, let someone else go. Oh, shit. Look who decided to show up. Purdue, we're having a party, and everybody was invited. Trina Masta's in the house. Try not to get excited. My head's cut off. My neck's no longer linking it. It's squirting out blood, and my severed head is drinking it. This was supposed to be an Egyptian god's only party? Ha ha ha! Hephaestus invited all his friends from the forge! Chena Masta verse 2! Is this a soiree, or would you call it a mixer? I'm alive thanks to my immortality elixir. The elixir's all mine, just so you're aware. I drank much more than only my share. Oh my god, those two are following her around and lapping up the neck blood. Sheila Nagig sailing in from Ireland, feeling super horny and I'm looking for a wild man. Old ugly hags, they need love too. And without your consent, I show my lady bits to you. I grab my vulva with both hands, it's super enormous. Someone sleep with me. You like what you see, Horace? I didn't know Egyptians could be such prudes. Allow me to display my tasteful sculpted nudes. Just kidding. These things are sexually explicit. Better hope Dionysus doesn't hear about this. He'd be all over that. Hephaestus is back! I'm dirty with soot! It's from my godly forge! Are you looking at my foot? Come on, I heard it when I fell out of the sky! Did I mention I'm the god of the forge? God of the forge! It's a party now, cause here comes Baron Samadhi, dressed to the nines and preventing the calamity of zombie apocalypse. Tell everyone they're welcome. Go smoke a cigar with me and drink until you're hella numb. Oh no, here comes Dad. The God of Abraham is my current title. Don't take my name in vain and don't worship false idols. I'm better than you, bitches. I'm three gods in one. Don't get on my bad side. I'll make you sacrifice your son. What's up, Loki? How's it hanging, Bale? Did I tell you about the time I made a dude live in a whale? This party is over. Get out and do not halt. And if you look back, I'll turn you into salt. Back to the forge! Next time we keep this low key. Basement of the Cheops Pyramid, Tuesday night, five gods max. This is bullshit, man! Today's episode of There Will Be Crossbows is brought to you by the First Vizier Training Academy. Training viziers since the year Dancing Man, Dancing Man, Ibis. Greetings, traveler. It looks like you've come from a long way to seek your fame and fortune in this land. Have you ever thought about becoming a vizier like your father before you? Well, at the First Vizier Training Academy, we will teach you everything you need to know about becoming a vizier, such as what is a vizier, 
And do viziers make a lot of money? The answer to all of those questions will be unraveled over a three-year curriculum which will prepare you for a booming job market in vizierhood. We hope that you'll enroll today at the First Vizier Academy. You won't be the first vizier, but you may just be the next one. It's time for my favorite moment of the week. It's Amazon product review time. James has sent me a box and the outside is labeled with Toscano Curse Wall Sculpture Egyptian Mummy. The product description says that this flesh-hungry Egyptian mummy statue was wrapped by the Pharaoh's embalmer so tight you'll swear you can hear him groaning. All right, creepy. Well, let's open this sucker up and see what's in there. Okay. It's just an Egyptian mummy in a sea of packing peanuts. All right, so just how far am I supposed to unwrap this thing? Am I supposed to unwrap the mummy itself? Is there more inside? This would be awesome if this had like a chocolate center or something. Okay, well, let's just find out. We'll just... Ah! What What the hell? Ow! It freaking thing bit me! Oh, wait. Should it be moving? This thing should not be moving. Oh my God! What? Let go of me! Let go! Ah! Ah! Everything fine. Product review continue. Good product. Everyone buy it. You send in address. Me send you mummy too. You unwrap it. You have good life, many blessings. Five stars. No. Ten stars. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you, Oliver. Oh, this card is so... Oh, it's adorable. There's a little, a little flower that just kind of pokes right out. That's so... It's so beautiful, Oliver. Thank you so... Ten dollars? Ten dollars? You spent ten dollars on this card for me? It's a 3D card. That takes some artistry to make. Stupid idiot. I raised you better than this. Ten dollars would feed a whole family back when I grew up in the Great Depression. You wasted ten dollars? That's four hours of work. That's just to show you how successful I am nowadays. I'm so successful I can afford to waste money on whatever I want. For example, Mom, look. I stopped by and I got us each a Starbucks on the way here. You moron! You're buying six dollar a cup coffee now? You know how much my coffee costs me? Nothing. Because I use the Folgers and use the same grounds to make consecutive cups. That barely sounds like coffee at all. I've spent 15 cents in the last four years. But what kind of a life is that, Mom? All I need to be happy is my millions of dollars in my bank account that I'll never touch. And my son's love. Which you always have. I'm sorry, I overreacted to the card. You can spend your money how you want. That's good. I don't even like coffee. I'm just going to pour it into the sink. God, I can't look. That even had an extra shot in it. It's time for another installment of Crossbow University, and today we have a special guest interview with Jackson Whiplash, an actual Tomb Raider. Pretty cool. Jackson, thanks for being on the show. It's my pleasure, James. I'm happy to be here. Man, you are an actual Tomb Raider, just like Laura Croft, right? That's right. In fact, Laura and I went to the same archaeology school together. We were partners. 
I was actually just at her house last week for coffee with her and her husband. Jackson, start out with the most exciting part. What's it like breaking into a tomb? Mostly it's really dusty and hard to breathe. Things have not been disturbed in there forever, and the dust just gets into your lungs, and so afterward you're coughing for hours and hours. Oh, the coughing. So tell us about a time where your life was endangered by your job. I'm actually struggling with mesothelioma due to the asbestos used in some of the ancient pyramids. Oh, there's so much coughing. Awesome. Man, I bet Laura would have gotten out of that a little smoother, but it sounds like you handled it really well. Uh, her number isn't like anywhere in like a directory of Tomb Raiders, is it? You, you couldn't like find her number for me? I have her number, but I'm telling you, man, she's happily married. So Jackson, where do you think your adventures are going to take you next? It's not all glitz and glamour, you know. Most of the time I raid tombs of people who have just recently died. It's gruesome business and not very lucrative. But what's a tomb raider to do? So Jackson, take a look at this picture. This is a 3D rendering of Laura Croft. Um, pretty hot, right? Isn't she kind of hot? You're not as hot as this. Why do you think that is? Oh, look at that! It's a picture of Laura from back in the old days. Oh, those were good times. I used to be quite the looker back then. Of course, you know, years and years of dust and mesothelioma have an effect on a person. Well, I guess we should wrap this up, Jackson. Uh, anything else you'd like to say to our listeners before we sign off? Only this. I've been Laura Croft the whole time in disguise. Laura, away! Dearest Whitmer, I've been thinking about you ever since we first met on that sandy beach. I cannot forget your musk. Love, Rodney. Boy, I did enjoy Rodney, but I wish he would stop talking about my musk. It creeps me out. Every time we see each other, it's always musk this and musk that. P.S. I went to the zoo yesterday. I saw a musk ox. It was especially musky, which reminded me of the thick musk of you. Okay, that's all. Goodbye, Rodney. Also, it bothers me. He visits the zoo with alarming regularity. Like, way more zoo visits than your regular adult man would actually go. Uh, Rodney again, BPS. Visited 14 zoos yesterday. Think I overdid it? Let me know if you want me to add you on to the pass. Kind of lonely going by myself, but it's... All right, I guess that's all for now. But you can stop reading here for now and respond. Rodney. Oh my gosh, there's a folded up peacock in this envelope. I mean, it's beautiful, but it seems cruel to stuff a peacock into an envelope. I didn't understand a single word of that. This peacock is useless. I'm just going to cook it. P-P-P-P-P-S. Rodney. Here again. Boy, it's weird how Rodney keeps identifying himself in the same letter over and over again. By the way, I wanted to apologize for always signing off on my PPSs. It's just a weird writing quirk I picked up in letter writing school, and I never stopped doing it. Anyway, if you're reading this, I have gleaned that you have decided to kill and eat my peacock. I strongly urge you to resist. He's a dear friend to me, and I sent him there because I want him to be a companion for you now. Please do not eat him. This is the final thing I've written in this letter. There's absolutely no more. Promise. Love, Rodney. Boy, I sure wish I'd finished reading that before I cooked the peacock. 
This week's episode of There'll Be Crossbows is brought to you by Obelisk Removal Services. Jerry! The apes are back, and this time they figured out how to use the animal bones we threw away as tools. If this keeps up, they'll turn into all-knowing, all-seeing space babies at the center of the universe, just like all the others. And I'm sick of it. As much as it pains me, I want that obelisk gone. It's the only way. Oh, if only there was a company that specializes in obelisk removal. Huh, I wonder who that could be. Hello? Did somebody say... Oh, if only there was a company that specializes in obelisk removal. Ooh, I did! That exact phrase, actually. And that was my voice. What the fuck? Don't worry about that. Are you sick of giant smooth slabs of the unknown suddenly appearing in your yard and causing the neighborhood apes to gain sentience and evolve into all-knowing, all-seeing space babies at the center of the universe? I sure am. Well, you're in luck. Hi, I'm Todd, from Todd's Obelisk Removal Services. If you need an obelisk removed, we're on it. Just step into that pentagram you had downstairs. You know the one. Make sure to give a healthy blood offering, chant our name, and we'll take care of that pesky slab of the unknown in seconds. Available anytime and anywhere you can think of for your obelisk removal needs. Todd's Obelisk Removal Services, here for you. Hey folks, it's James here with an Amazon product review. This week, John sent me a two by three inch patch, an iron-on applique patch, that says, don't be upsetty, have some spaghetti on it. As soon as I looked at this, it enraged me for two reasons. One, the pun is really poor and vaguely offensive to Italian-American people. Two, it's written in papyrus font. Goddamn papyrus. Any graphic designer can tell you that papyrus is the comic sans of fonts. Papyrus is the font you go to if you are a white person who wants to run an ethnic business, but you've done absolutely no research into what that ethnicity is and how to represent it well. Papyrus is just like a generic stand-in font for basically anything mysterious or foreign. God, I hate this font. Anyway, I know it's my job to actually review the product and not just bitch about it, so I ironed this onto my bomber jacket and I took a stroll down the street, just hoping to get this review kind of done with as quickly as possible, and hoping not to run into anybody who I would offend with this patch. Well, that didn't pan out, because the second I stepped out my front door, I was set upon by a large group of what I assume were Italians, and I know that's problematic to assume that they were, but they were wearing shirts that said, we are Italian on it, and waving the Italian flag. So so these guys looked at me, and one of them was like, hey, what's that, what's that patch on your jacket? I was like, oh, it's nothing. He's like, read it out loud to us. And I was like, okay, it says, uh, it says don't be upset, have some spaghetti. And I kind of waved my arms like I was a stereotypical Italian person. Well, there's this kind of terrible pause, and I winced because I thought that maybe they were going to react badly. But then slowly, one by one, they started laughing, and then we all were laughing. I joined in. I was like, wow, that actually ran over really well. And then, bam, one of them just punched me straight in the nose, broke my nose, blood everywhere. I was on the ground, and the group of Italians wandered away. I stumbled to my feet, and I tried to walk home when, all of a sudden, another group of people started walking towards me. And again, I hate assuming things about large groups of people, but... They were wearing ill-fitting clothing and were ridiculously unattractive, so I knew right away this was a group of graphic designers. And they walked up to me. I tried to kind of hide the patch, but one of them saw it. He's like, hey, that motherfucker's got a logo patch in papyrus font. Let's get him. 
And then they threw me on the ground and started all kicking me. And one of them like kind of like drop elbowed me like, you know, wrestling style. It was a bad night all around. I'm pretty bitter about John sending me this product, if you can't tell. I'm going to give this product one star. I would give it zero, except it was very easy to iron on. And the fabric is very breathable. Uh, Master Pharaoh, I am ready, uh, to, to take down the, the letter to Cleopatra. Um, but I just want to remind you, the last one did not go over very well. She cut off my arm, so. Today's letter is the letter F. She'll know what it means. Uh, you said that last time, and again, no arm, got bitten off by a cobra. All right, fine. Damn her and damn those oversized cobra monsters. Add the letter U. Just to summarize, that's F-U. She'll know what it means. I, I won't get in the way of your creative energy here, but I have F-U sometimes in, in, can be, well, an insult. It can, it can stand for... All right, look, okay, look, I understand how that might be misconstrued. Okay, we'll soften it by adding in something about an animal, because she loves animals. So add on to the end, and the horse you rode in on. She is going to have me put to death. She's going to have me fed to the cobra monsters. I have been serving you as your loyal slave boy, I guess is my, my technical title here. I prefer the term intern. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, we have an urgent visitor. Uh, Cleopatra is here. Oh, damn. Hold on. Let me comb my hair. Oh, Pharaoh. So nice to see you. Cleopatra. You are looking great today, and may I say, we have all benefited from your intelligent rule. Oh, cut the crap. This is the last letter you sent me, isn't it? It says, you a skanky dog-faced hoe. You have to read between the lines. I thought you would know what that meant. This is not coming across. I'm just going to have to kill your slave boy here. You destroyed my intern! Now what are we going to do for future letters, Pharaoh? Doesn't seem like we need letters from here on out. We can communicate with the universal language, sticking our tongues in each other's mouths. Sounds great. You could start with my cobra monster! Come here, sexy. Put that forked tongue right in my mouth. Oh, the fucking thing bit me! Fuck! Well, it looks like that'll wrap up another episode of There Will Be Crossbows. That one was chock full of papyrusy goodness. I had a great time and I hope you did too. Special thanks to Tim Burns for joining us today, as well as James, who honestly does 95% of everything it takes to get this podcast going. Thanks to you as well. We'll see you next time on There Will Be Crossbows. Crossbows.